requisite preliminary actions, such as had been developed in response to Task 330. Go ahead and read it, I dare you. And when you need to, you can visualize Dick Cheney. It's our gift to you from Renegade Solutions. Help you bring down that blood. blood Yeah, I feel so much better now. Good, I'm glad. Thank you. We're going to hand it over to Mike Perini now, Pandora's Lunchbox. This is a White Buffalo Woman production for Ollie Transboy Bratton. I'm so tranced out, I He's can't out. even say Thank you bye. to Kristen, who's waving frantically. Bye-bye. Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox in WCBN FM Ann Arbor. This is Mike. How you doing? Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday at 6.30. And today I have a guest talking about a class that I found very interesting. Hello, Melissa Kesterson. Hey, Mike. Welcome. And Melissa Kesterson is the executive director of Project Grow. Right. And Project Grow is the community gardens in Ann Arbor. And um, part of our mission is to not only give people the space to garden, but also education and inspiration to garden. Mm -hmm. So the education uh, component is, uh, I think, what you noticed, correct? Yes, I was looking at an email that mentioned, I know I've known about your organization for a while, and it's a great thing that you're doing. But I also noticed on an email that you have a class now. Right. It's in conjunction with Washtenaw Community College. That's where the classes are being held. And it's a series of seven classes. And in fact, it's a certification at the end. So there's also a volunteer component as part of the certification. So a person can take, you know, all of the classes or they can take just one of the classes. And, you know, if it's just something, for instance, if they are really into vegetable gardening, there's a uh, vegetable, organic vegetable gardening um, course that is actually three modules within the class, three different times it meets. And then there's an organic lawn care class as an example. So that might be what your fancy is. And so then you would go ahead and just take that class. But we do offer the certification as well. Now that's at Washington Community College? That's right. Yes. And on our website, we have um, information about that, like phone number, um, the a web um, address that you can go to to register online, information about the classes, times and dates and cost, that kind of thing. Okay. So there are a lot of different, I'm, I'm looking here at the different aspects of the organic gardening certificate that you can get at Washtenaw. First of all, that's in the is it in the middle of it right now or when does it start? They or? just had I think tonight is the second class. Okay. The first one was on Tuesday. So, um, the this is just the introduction to the organic gardening is happening now. So, and then there's a big course manual that goes with it and so on. So, a person walks away with quite a bit of information, not only what they've learned from our wonderful instructor, but what they have also been able to take away in their notes and, you know, in their paper and so on from the class. Okay. And is that something somebody can join right now or is that something you need to start from the beginning? I think that... I think that they, because she would maybe let them in if they would have only missed the one class, the introduction to um, organic gardening. But as I say tonight, the soil compost and organic fertilizers class is starting. Uh So they might not be able to do the entire certification um, this go round. We only do it in the spring every year. So, but what we do offer people is the ability to take as many classes as they want or can afford or can fit into their schedule. And then next year, they can take 
a s'more the classes. Okay. And so they don't have to complete the whole program in one year. So you can you could start right now and find out about it. Right. Get a lot of information. Get. The course information, right? Then maybe next year take a few more classes, right? There's there's okay. certainly a number of classes that are still available this year as well. Okay, so the organic gardening class, there are a lot of different examples of what you learn, and you mentioned one right there: soils, compost, and organic fertilizer. Right. So the the first one is the introduction to organic gardening, and then as you say, the soil compost and organic fertilizer. Well, here's a question: What yeah. is organic gardening? What's the difference between I knew just you gardening were going to ask that. Gardening? Yes. And on the way into the studio, I was thinking, okay, I have to come up with a definition for that for him. <laughs> um, well, all Project Grow community gardens are organic gardening. And what that means to us basically is is um, no synthetic products, no man-made products. So you would, um, you know, the fertilizers, the herbicides, the pesticides that you would use would be uh, non-synthetic products. And I think what organic um, means in general to people is is basically the same kind of thing, that um, you, if you're buying something, you would know that it, there's certain protocols for growing it and there's certain guidelines and so on to be a certified grower of those things as well. And in, in sort of a deeper sense, what it means really is sustainable agriculture and gardening practices so that, you know, you're enriching what you're, the soil and so on and the environment that, that you're working with as opposed to tearing it up or doing something detrimental to it. And that leaves a lot to learn. I mean, in the basic sense, just planting is a very innocent thing you can start to do. You could plant a uh, tomato or plant some a few herbs and such. And then after time, you start learning more and more about digging in the dirt and what what are the best ways to stop rabbits from eating everything as soon as it starts to grow. Right, right. And there's a lot to learn, and you spend time learning. You keep going into it. And then organic farming is another level, I guess. Exactly. That's It's just another way of sort of um, approaching it. So I think what our instructor tries to do in these classes is present a lot of what you just talked about. So, for instance, there's nuances to growing tomatoes, or if you have different um, problems with the soil that you're trying to grow in or something like that, how would you deal with those? Mm -hmm. And approaching that from an organic point of view, you know, um, right. <laughs> right. And now, you, so we, we talked about the basics of organic gardening and fertilizers. Well, manure, of course, is a fertilizer. Right. There's many things that you can put in your soil to amend your soil. So, um, a lot of times what you, per, what you would what we would recommend is that if you were gardening at home let's say mm -hmm. that you would have your soil tested and you might need to know then what your soil is lacking what you need to be adding to it different additives and amendments are going to add different things. They're maybe going to add potassium or nitrogen and you might not need as much of one of those as the other. The other component is what are you trying to grow there? Different plants tend to feed differently. You know, one might be a heavy feeder on a particular mineral or something, and you're unable to grow that, and so you're you you might need to amend the soil with that. Then there's things out there like fish emulsion, and you know, just a general sort of. Um, a, just a general sort of product that's good for enriching the soil across, you know, a broad spectrum. Okay. And I'm looking also at a phrase, organic pest and disease management. Well, I guess most people just deal with disease management as here's the fertilizer and you spray it. Right. 
I just remember when I was a kid, I, I was totally naive about all this. I was at a friend's house, and they had this sort of sifting thing that looked like a, a, a flour grinder, and you know, I loved used to, I loved used to, to play with those things. Well, it wasn't that, but it was a, it was a fertilizer thing. I started going, and I did that twice, and they said, stop, stop, stop. And they said, you have to wash your hands, and you have to do this, and you have to... I'm like, wow, just that, that funny white powder is going to do all that to me? Kind of creepy. Yeah, really. it is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and... It's 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 um, that it's worth thinking about too that just because a product is considered quote unquote natural or it's organic doesn't mean that it's completely innocuous. I mean, there still have to be there's still labeling on those products, and you still have to use you know some control depending on what it is that you're putting on. But you're right; it is um, kind of creepy to think about that we're putting something on that can give us cancer when you're talking about synthetics mm-hmm. um, that we're going to be putting on our food that we're going to be eating. So I think that there seems to be quite uh, an awareness, don't you, in our in our country and in our culture of of trying to get away from that. Really, yeah. if you think about organics, it's it's really the way people used to garden mm-hmm. or used to farm. You know, getting back to kind of um, those methods. And when I think of the words organic pest and disease management. It sounds like a responsibility rather than just, I'm going to spray and walk away. Well, and that gets back to what I was saying at the beginning where um, organic gardening, of course, there's definitions out there. But really, in a true sense, what it means is that you're enriching what you're dealing with. And like you say, a responsibility to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stewards of where we're gardening and what we're growing and that kind of thing. Okay. Well, I'm talking with Melissa Kesterson, uh, the, the executive director of Project Grow about organic gardening and the class on organic gardening at Washington Community College right now. Take a brief break here and hear an example of a how-to record. Not how to grow organically, although in this case, your challenge right now, if you're listening, is to take all the ingredients in this record for the soup that's bouillabaisse they're talking about here and find organic ingredients in the next three minutes and to make the soup. So if you can do that, good for you, and bring some over to the studio. These are the world's not-so-famous, the DeMarco sisters, and this is bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse Bureau. Now you take the uh, 
fin of a minna and the scale of a whale. Yes. A small red herring and a lobster's tail. Got it. Add a barracuda with some cooking oil. Then you brew it all up to a nice slow boil. What else? Peel yourself an eel, throw a big fat clam in, a lean sardine and some sockeye salmon. Uh-huh. Take the juice from a fifth of wine. Mm. Mix it all together till it tastes real fine. You got it. Boon your base, boon, boon your base. The finest food you ever fed your face. Now if you want to cook it with expedience, here's a couple of added ingredients. Throw in the legs of a frog or two with an onion and a grunion and you let it stew. Moist an oyster and I'll tell you what. Throw in some shrimp and some halibut. Add a box of lox and some real mad shad. About a pound of flounder jack. That ain't bad. Then you grab any old thing from the bar. You mix it all up with some caviar. You got bouillabaisse! If you want to have our admiration, repeat the pledge of the Federation. Crazy for soup. Bull your bass. Bull your bass. We sing the praise of Booyah Bass. Crazy about that crazy Booyah Soup's ready. Okay, that was Bouillabaisse by the DeMarco sisters. I hope your organic soup is ready using all of those ingredients. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. This is Mike here with Melissa Kesterson, the executive director of Project Grow. And we've been talking about a class that is offered by Project Grow and Washtenaw Community College on organic gardening and an opportunity to get an organic gardening certificate. Correct. Now, actually... I have a question about the class, and also one other aspect of the class is not just taking the classes, but also a volunteer component. After right. you've taken the classes, you... Right. We What we um, ask people to do is a 20-hour volunteer component, and they have um, a year and a half, basically, after they've done their last class in the, in the whole certification process. As I said, there are seven classes, so and they have more than one year to take those. And so then after their final class, they have a year and a half to do 20 hours of volunteer work. And the reason that we have that as part of the program is so that people can go out and get their hands dirty, be -hmm. in the trenches, as it were. Because sitting in the classroom at WCC is all fine and dandy, but really, you know, you need to go out there and the people that we would like them to work with, we give them a list of volunteer sites where they could potentially work. And those people have so much experience and could, you know, give them so much knowledge. And that's how come we have that part of the certification process. And it's a year and a half. Yes. So they have plenty. I mean, 20 hours really is pretty manageable when you have a year and a half to do it, we think. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess the advantage to a year and a half, it sounds like you get experience for all seasons growing things. Well, right. You know, depending on what it is, sort of your particular, what you want your focus to be on, correct. You could could do a myriad of different things. Okay. 
And we were also talking about some of the classes that are offered through Project Grow that are other than this particular course. Right, yes. We're really tickled, as I said at the beginning, to be able to support this part of our mission. And so this year we have some really neat classes coming up. Um, we have a whole heirloom plant series of classes, mm. and um, we, we're, very, um, we're very into our heirlooms over at Project Grow. And uh, we have an heirloom garden, and from that we raise the plants, that then we harvest the seeds and so on, and we sell the seeds around town. So heirlooms, just to mention, are varieties of everything from potatoes to oranges to right. carrots. Tomatoes. Tomatoes that were grown a lot in the 19th century, right. early 20th century. And for the most part, they've not been hybridized would be, I think, my sort of, you know, clean, clear-cut definition okay. of, of, of heirlooms. So nobody has taken them and decided, how can we market this the best way to a mass audience and hybridize them and stuff? Bingo. Because what's happened with so many things is, I mean, take uh, take roses, for an example. So they want you want a rose that would maybe be the biggest or that would maybe have the longest stem if you're selling to florists. And so mm-hmm. you're going to breed and, and try and put all these together to make the one that you want. Well, in the process, you've, you've over time, eliminated maybe a lot of the different aspects of the rose. So, you know, some of these that maybe have beautiful long stems have no scent to them anymore. Oh, right. so, or, at, or now ones that have extra scent. Yes, yeah. And perhaps they're not as pretty right. or something like that. Or disease resistance. When you're talking about vegetables and so on, mm-hmm. they've been bred and bred and bred for disease resistance. Mm-hmm. Well, then they've they've lost different aspects, you know, um, purple spotted lima beans or something oh, like yum. that. You know, different mm. kinds of... <laughs> Love purple spotted lima beans. <laughs> <laughs> different kinds of things like that. And so, you know, I think uh, we're, we're getting back to that. People are remembering the interesting um, varieties that are out there. So we have a seed swap coming up March 24th where we bring in our seeds and then people are welcome to bring their seeds. seeds. Yes, heirloom seeds. And they're they're welcome to bring what they have and there's no cost. We just want to spread the word about heirlooms and we want to get more of them out there because the beauty of heirlooms too is that you can grow them, you can harvest the seed, and then you can plant the seed and grow what you what you planted. Oh. So a lot of times what happens with plants that have been hybrid is that you will grow, you don't know what, what's going to come up uh-huh. out of the ground. Do you know what I mean? So if you go to the store and buy a cucumber and then you try and plant those seeds, you might very likely not have the same cucumber, the same cucumber come up that you, that you ate from the store. Oh, okay. Because what you grow yourself might be more natural? Well, because of how it's been, how the, the plant has been hybrid over time, mm. um, a lot of times when you're buying something commercially, um, it's it's something that maybe didn't come true from a seed. I know it gets very convoluted, mm-hmm. doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's why you have classes. That's why we have classes, right. because I don't do such a good job articulating oh, no. the heirlooms myself. So we have um, tomatoes and peppers and... And then we have one on uh, preserving heirloom These vegetable are all varieties. You have, yep, okay. in your garden. Um, and then we have one on potatoes, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that um, the the guy who does a lot of this for us, he went to Bolivia, and he was able to pick up a lot of tubers from um, Bolivia. So um, and was allowed to bring them back into the country. So oh, okay. that was neat. And then um, plant breeding for the home gardener. And again, these are all on our website with the times and the dates and the locations. And what's the website? Projectgrowgardens.org. 
And where do you have those classes? Um, most of our classes are at the Leslie Science Center, which is where our office is. Okay. And, so, and where is the Leslie Science Center? I know it's on just... On Traver Road. Which is just off Broadway? Barton. Barton. Just off right. Barton. Right. Okay. So that's where the owls are, right? That's where so the, go, indeed it is. You get is. all the raptors. We've been going up there and, and seeing them. Yeah, that's right. Where our office is, and then where oh. we there's a lovely class space there as and it's well. It's just the coolest part of Ann Arbor, I swear. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the, you know that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I'm lucky to work there. At the Leslie Science Center. Right. And thank you, Arwolf. Arwolf will be taking over at 7 with Face the Music. And in the meantime, we're talking about Project Grow and various classes on organic gardening. Yeah, and I have others, too. Would you like to hear them? Oh, sure. Please. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. Um, we have um, a series of classes that we've never had before coming up, and it's our Gardening with Low Vision series. And this happened because a woman called us who uh, is legally blind, and um, she has been, she wanted to garden with us, and that precipitated a phone call or a conversation with her about her um, feeling that there's a, a real need out there in the community that when people start losing the ability to see, they have to give up a lot of the things that oh. they you know, have been able to do in the past, and gardening is one of them. And so we're going to hold some classes um, on how people can continue to garden after they ha- start losing their vision. Boy, that's interesting. Right, right. And again, those are going to be at the Leslie Science Center. And then we're also going to be having some classes we've not had before, Gardening for Water Quality series. And so um, they're going to um, talk about rain gardens. An example of a rain garden is over at the new YMCA, just so people kind of know what a rain garden is. Mm -hmm. And then um, Green Roofs, which are popular in Europe, uh, and I saw one in Chicago, I think, you? or heard about one in Chicago I, on the newspaper, which is taking a roof mm-hmm. uh, in a city environment and making a garden on the right, roof. Right, right, right. Wow. And, and if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, really, you know, uh, from a temperature point of view and water runoff and all that kind of thing. So, And then uh, another sort of lawn care class, even though we offer a lawn care class in the Organic Gardener Certification Program, this is different because the focus of this one is more from a water quality um, point of view. So Okay. So the classes at Washtenaw we were talking about are going on now. When are these classes at the Leslie Science Center going on? Well, um, the ones on water are going on in March. And then um, the one, the Heirloom series starts in February. And I think that those go through March as well. And then the Gardening with Low Vision series are in April. Okay. And you can find out all about this at the website, which is? Projectgrowgardens.org. ProjectGrowGardens.org. Right. And um, all of those classes are free uh, and no registration is required, although, of course, donations are encouraged. Yes, indeed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The Washtenaw Community College classes do, of course, have, you know, fees with those. Okay. And what is the phone number of Project or of Project Grow at the Leslie Science Center? Right, our phone number is nine nine six three one six nine. And just to talk a minute about Project Grow, we're getting into our season of receiving applications now. So if uh, folks would like to have some gardening space, um, our application is available on our website. So um, projectgrowgardens.org, and then they can click on it and they can download the application, and okay. they can also 
click on different um, sites and learn um, our gardening guidelines and learn where our different gardens are around the Ann Arbor area. We have 10 now. Oh, okay. We have a new one out at Mathai. We're oh. going to be opening up this year, so we're excited about that. The Mathai Botanical Gardens, yes, which yes. are off? Dixboro. Dixboro Road. Dixboro okay. Road, yes. Trying to get my beautiful. roads correctly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. So we don't really have one on that side of town, so this will be an exciting thing to do. Great. Well, I've been talking to you, Melissa, from Project Grow. We're going to take just a break here and have a little bit more instruction for you. Again, get your pads and paper and do exactly what this instructor says. You know, I always try to keep my kitchen clean as a whistle. Look at these frying pans. I scrub and scour them till you can see your face in the bottoms almost as well as in a mirror. Excuse me for a minute. I'll have to look after my stew. It's one of my special recipes. I chop up pieces of meat and drop them into the pot along with potatoes, pepper, tomatoes, onions, and celery. I'll just put in a dab of butter now, maybe a half teaspoonful, a pinch of salt, dash of black pepper, and a wee tiny bit of red paprika. That'll put some extra life in the stew. We call it seasoning food when we add salt and pepper or spices to it. Oh, but I almost forgot the most important thing, big juicy leaves of green cabbage. When you boil that cabbage and put it in with the rest of the stew, it gives lots of strength to everything else in the pot. For miles around, my friends and neighbors sing about the cabbage in my stew, and just singing about it gives them a big appetite. Yes, boil the cabbage down. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. We're coming to the end of the show, and I just have a few seconds to talk about one of the greatest uh, cultural events in, in the last century. Well, the century that started in 2000. Uh, it's the War of the Worlds of 2007. Have you heard about how Boston got into a frenzy over marketing of a cartoon? The Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Now, that's, of course, important to a show about food because the main characters are... A large fry, not one fry, but a basket of large fries, which is 
the smartest of the group. He's the cynical one after seeing what he's gone through. And then there's the, the milkshake, which is very egotistical and narcissistic and childlike and really annoying. And then there's the meatball, which is just very childlike and kind of not very bright. This is the Aqua Teen Hunger Force show, and there was some guerrilla marketing, as they say, around Boston. This is from the Associated Press. In many city, in nine cities across the country, blinking electronic signs displaying a profane, boxy-looking cartoon character caused barely a stir. But in Boston, the signs, some with protruding wires, sent a wave of panic across the city, bringing out bomb squads and prompting officials to shut down highways, bridges, and part of the Charles River. And there was quite a talk. Uh, here, the police commissioner of Boston, Edward Davis, said to the Associated Press, just a little over a mile away from the placement of the first device, a group of terrorists bomb boarded airplanes and launched an attack on New York City. The city clearly did not overreact. Had we taken any other steps, we would have been endangering the public. So this has been a very strange experience, a very War of the Worlds 2007 kind of experience. You can read all about it by looking up Aqua Teen Hunger Force on the web. And you can look at the image of a Moonanite, one of the creatures from the moon, giving you the finger. It looks kind of like a character from a light bright display case. And I've always been kind of frightened by light bright and have had nightmares about it. And now, because of all the controversy, there is an Aqua Teen Hunger Force t-shirt on the web that says, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is the bomb. This is what's happening. So look all about it. I wish I could talk more about the Aqua Teen Hunger Farce of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Headlines like 10 suspicious packages planted around Boston in backfired marketing ploy by TV network. It's quite a story and just don't have enough time to talk about it now. But if little light bright looking Moonanites with their finger giving you the finger are scary to you, perhaps you will be soothed by this song about coleslaw. And I just want to say before I go and head on to face the music, thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Thank you for talking about Project Grow. It was my pleasure. And the website one more time? Projectgrowgardens.org. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And we'll have to talk more on the show when you have some of those classes oh, in, in the spring. And we'll have to talk about Aqua Teen Hunger Force at another time. There's We could have, we could have classes on that. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And here is Coleslaw, Jess Stone. They serve you coleslaw, chopped up finer than a bale of straw. When you crunch and all, a bunch of coleslaw keeps you chewing like a cross cut saw. Exercise your jaw by eating coleslaw. Best of goodness that you ever saw. You can break no law by wanting coleslaw. It ain't nothing but some cabbage raw. It can't be beat. Just a simple southern treat is fine with me or with anything you eat. Your chops flip flop, you're enjoying every drop. Your teeth go bop, you never stop. Yes, in Arkansas, they serve you coleslaw. That's good strategy without a flaw. It's a cinch to draw a plate of coleslaw. It ain't nothing but some cabbage raw.
They serve you coleslaw. That's good strategy without a flaw. It's a cinch to draw a plate of coleslaw. It ain't nothing but some cabbage raw. No bread, no meat, no potatoes, and nothing that's sweet. All I want is a lot of coleslaw. 